quick heads up, parents, we are going to be talking about the topic of the man in the red suit this episode. So if you happen to be listening with children around and that's an issue um, that you don't want them to have full disclosure on, you might want to uh, censor that. Um, just letting you know in advance. This episode went uh, a little bit longer than we expected, but we covered a lot of good ground. And so what we've decided to do is make it a two-parter. So it will obviously end at part one where we split uh, where we took a, tr- took a break, and then you can just pop on over to the nep- next episode right behind it for part two. Welcome to Under the Water Tower, a production of Fellowship Baptist Church, located in Marble Falls, deep in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Join Fellowship's staff and leadership while they explore, study, and discuss Bible passages. Here are your hosts, pastors Joni Wallach, Misty Grimm, Daryl Fishbeck, and lead pastor Dr. Jamie Greening. <laughs> so just as the last podcast was about navigating relationships uh, in the sense of during Christmas season, and we didn't want to talk about like, you know, bad things, but just now you, you're going to get through it. Uh, a hard part of that are the myths and legends of Christmas and how we handle those. So this, we don't want to make it negative. This isn't like, you know, how to how to make everybody mad. We want to talk about how to avoid the landmines and pitfalls. Now, a landmine is one of those things you never see coming. You, you step on it and you wake up in eternity. That's just how it works. You never, there's no time. And you always see like in the movies where the guy steps on it and hears it click but then doesn't get off, and somehow they find a way to save his life. No, 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 no. Those things, you're, you're done. Uh, now, this has happened to me more than once in a holiday setting where you make a mistake and you don't even know you made a mistake, and you don't quite know what happened. You just know that you blew everything up with what you did. That's a landmine. Now, a pitfall is something a little bit different. A pitfall involves that falling sensation. So when you when you when you walk over the, you know, there's a hole there, and they've put, you know, grass or shrubs or something, little bamboo sticks over it, uh, and you step on it and you fall through. There's that moment as you're falling through that you think, I know what I just did. Mm-hmm. You have that moment. Of ah, and now, what we're hoping to do is give you some time where you can pull an Indiana Jones and grab that, grab the vine or the root or the inexplicable rope hanging from somewhere above, and grab and swing to the side and not land on the poisoned darts and arrows that have been sharpened for your demise at the bottom, so that you can get out of these things. So we really can't help you with the landmines too much, other than just say know that they're there. But the pitfalls, we're hoping to get you out of those before it's too late pitfalls reminds me of um cesspools like like the old like you make your own septic tank cesspool and so i remember like at our cabin there was these cesspools and it was like you don't want to step on it but you don't know where it is because it's all covered up but if you step on it you're mm, you're up you know to your, where it is you're up to your <laughs> knees and not fun stuff have you ever cleaned one of those out false no yeah not my job that was like a, every couple of years growing up you'd have to the septic tank had to be cleaned out. And yeah. We were really cheap and poor, and so, so you did it, yourself? it was a DIY. Aww. You dig up the the septic tank, and you pry the lid off of it, which is this monster concrete thing, and mm-hmm. then you use a wheelbarrow and a shovel. It's wonderful. But where do you – never mind. 
<laughs> you haul it down because it's, 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 it's East it's Texas. East Texas, yeah. So neighbor's you, yard. The, the neighbors <laughs> are like three miles away. You just haul it off into the woods and you dump it there and, you know. Use it, it as fertilizer for his orange trees. Legal, legal back then. <laughs> Something like that. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> oh, see, now you're... <laughs> No. I was gonna see if you'd catch you're, you're that. Just, you're he just, you're just killing me. Smalls. You did not listen to last episode. So, uh, what, in all seriousness, what we're doing is the myths and legends of Christmas. Now, I've got my list of things, but I think Fishbeck ought to lead. Do you even have I any? I, I do you have any notes? I, I stole some stuff off the internet because I was really confused about this topic. I was like, what, what myths? And so I just Googled it. I said myths about Christmas, and then a list came up. I was like, oh, okay, I can see stuff like that. So, Because um, I think of pitfalls and stuff like that around families. It might be critiquing someone's pumpkin pie recipe or something that has been handed down from generation to generation. I don't know if that counts, but. I think one of the first ones... There on is only one recipe for pumpkin pie. It's the one that's on the back of the can. That's right. <laughs> right? Is that, that, am I, why would you, why would you why change that? Why would you that? ever I venture? Fudge, same is, way. You can only use the fudge yeah. recipe on the back of the marshmallow That cream. recipe on the back of the can of the pecu- uh, pumpkin pie mm-hmm. is delicious. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Oatmeal raisin cookies on the back of your oatmeal can't. I mean, why? Why would, you, why would you ever? So apparently, this is an appropriate landmine we're just discussing right now. Yeah, it why you do this to get you guys uh, riled up? But one on this list that I thought was interesting, and I'm curious: um, Jesus was born on December 25th. Yeah, is that a myth or legend or fact or fiction? I, I, I guess it would determine. Li- uh, it would be dependent on the context of who's arguing which side of that. Well, I can't imagine anyone actually arguing <laughs> he was born on December 25th. I know, but don't you get in the issue of some people like, th- this is Jesus' birthday. It's December 25th. It's Christmas. It's like we have to sing happy birthday, Jesus, or we have to have him a cake or whatever. And, and it's it's today. It's right now. And, and it can become a e- e- equate um, the value of it with it's his birthday. It's when we celebrate it. And then you have someone say, well, you know, Jesus really wasn't born on December. What do you mean? Or then you have the, the, it's a pagan holiday. Why are you doing that? Mm. Which I think that's a myth too. So I think both of those are myths. Just, just, just to be for reals. Mm. It's clearly a, 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 not a myth. It's a legend Mm. uh, that the Catholic church early adopted to get their calendar all rounded out. Uh, but nobody who chose that date really thought Jesus was born on that day. It was the good day to set aside to celebrate. Mm-hmm. It was already a holiday uh, in cold. terms of... It was cold. <laughs> cold. It's would, cold. I would Even like, back then, it was cold. <laughs> I would like for you to remember. How are we going to sing Silent Night if it's not a cold night? If it's night? not cold. Um, Is it ever silent, though? Th- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Focus. Focus <laughs> on the project at hand. Um... So the, we're working through the, I just got a mic check. Sorry. As I was saying, focus, focus. I also think it's a myth, though, that it's a pagan holiday. The the early Christians, the the 5th, 4th, 5th century, when they chose this, they knew all the pagan ramifications of it. They just said, we're going to reevaluate this time and say all of that stuff, the pagan stuff, was because basically it's wired inside of us to have a celebration in the wintertime. And we're just going to take that same celebration and we're going to, for lack of a better phraseology, baptize it with a Christian understanding of the changing of the seasons. 
uh, they it's not pagan. We're not we're not worshiping pagan things. So I think that's a myth too. I, I totally agree with you, and I think that the recreation of it gave someone something else to celebrate too. Yeah, you you you, you bring right. more folks into it. I I think that was their their goal. Well, I think you 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 create the issue of you can take anything and create something good out of it but you can also take anything and make it say what you want it Mm -hmm. to say and I saw something this week that just blew me away and I was like I hope I remember to bring this up on the podcast but um, congratulations you remembered because this topic made me think of it it was a sermon it was a clip of a pastor in a very it was in a very extreme fundamentalist category of the church (laughs) who was teaching on the story of the prodigal son. I'm still sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, it gets I've, real I've, good. All that you described, I've been there. I <laughs> have never seen a pastor do what he did. But he basically starts talking about the story and says, the son is there, the older brother is there, the father's there. Where's the mom? Where's the mom? And because in the context of this story, it doesn't mention a mom, he uses that to then bash on moms and say, oh, she was probably at the yoga studio or getting her nails done or doing all these things that a wooden woman shouldn't be done doing. She should have been in the kitchen worrying about her. And I was like, oh this guy God. really <laughs> said this? And there are people in the church amening this. And I was like, wow, to take. Mm. So now that. we know the and prodigal's <laughs> child's mother's name was Karen. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. She's looking for the manager and all at Wendy's. Why that, isn't her frosty right? That story would never have gut. had to be. The prodigal would have never had to go on a distant land if that mom had just been in the kitchen wow. where she was supposed to be. Okay, wow. okay. So, so, but I, I taught a class three weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, in the past, uh, in one of our small groups about how to study the Bible. That is a failure of hermeneutics to the. <laughs> To the <laughs> level that I can't even that is begin. That's what you don't do. The, there's a there's a principle in hermeneutics. It can't mean what it never meant. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It it's never not meant that. In the that. Bible, it doesn't mean that it. And this will be know. a type of church that says we believe the Bible. Right. But yeah. it, but it, that 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 parable, you could do so much good with. So that that parable could be any. You could do. Oh, I could preach well, that's that seventeen somebody interpreting different ways. Their own thoughts and, and their own. Trying you think to he has mommy issues? Those onto other people. or wife issues? Wife How issues. to be his wife? Well, and so my point to, to bring this back to today's topic Jamie's is mad. when Joni talked about, mad. about it. I am mad. I was like, I commented on it. I was like, I just was like, I cannot believe this guy. Anyway, but when you talk about it being a pagan holiday. It takes I, a real man I, to beat up a woman who's not even there on the page. Exactly. <laughs> and and take that out on the people that are sitting there. And, That's golly. But I've been in church services where people have taken. I bet he, I bet he has. A huge pickup truck with like tires that are seventeen feet high. They go because he's that insecure. Oh my soul! And I bet that uh, they probably don't even let women do the announcements in their church. Like, could you? There was just so much. You could just see the the arrogance and the pride and the stuff oozing from this guy. Um, But are are you good? Are you good? Jamie's I'm like, she's it's, she's she's getting he's redder and redder. And well, smoke it's, it's I feel so validated, though. Because it's just like I was in my chair home alone. I was like, I want to vent to somebody about how dumb and angry. The problem is, it, on one hand, it offends me as a, as a human being that you would use that to bash a whole, like, half the world. But as a Bible student, you can't 
do that. That is just. And Ooh. and it was like he he, he was so proud of himself. Pastor jail. He was so proud of himself that he mm. had made this connection. But God probably told me that this is what this story is about. I'm like, <laughs> but you know, I've never ever thought of it that way. Nobody <laughs> would ever think <laughs> of it that way. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that's why? Wrong, Misty. Why would it wrong? that ever? I mean, I just that yeah. okay. Let, 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 let's play with this for a moment. We'll come back do, to Christmas. Doing in a that with the pro. Thank you, Fishbay. <laughs> Doing that with a prodigal child story in the Gospel of Luke would be like going to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve and the devil, or the serpent. Where's God? Why didn't God? God's probably off at the yoga studio. <laughs> <laughs> the absence of someone can't be blamed. Oh, my goodness. That's I know. Terrible. Yeah. That's I'll awful. send you the clip. And you can just I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to. No, no, no. But my... my Point, my point of bringing that up was when Joni talked about the pagan uh, Christmas being taught as a pagan, it's connecting with pagan holiday. I've grown up with sermons and pastors where they would get up there and say they would try and connect a Christmas tree to it being a pagan symbol and all this stuff and then tell us if you have a Christmas tree you're in your house, you're not Christian yeah. Yeah. And, and, and guilt and shame you into to certain decorations and things. Of I know personally people that are doing exactly what you're talking about right now. Because mm-hmm. see, my take on I think to me to to me to me to me <laughs> still mad. Still, like still worked up. <laughs> to me, the that was a it hit its apex like 1987. Mm-hmm. That's about when right? it happened. I think about there was a there was a fundamentalist backlash against culture that. Uh, was evident in a lot of churches in the late 80s is when I remember it really taking because mm. I can remember as a child there being actually a Christmas tree in our church right? and then suddenly one year there wasn't mm-hmm. and the sermons came and it was all over the place and now you see most of the stories you see about this kind of have a root in that time period mm-hmm. I what? think from parachurch organizations who really were against church and community yeah. I've heard some people labeled that era the satanic panic and it was there were organizations that used backmasking and all these other things about trying to get kids not to listen to rock music and Mm -hmm. stuff the truth (laughs) is if you listen to led zeppelin backwards it sounds even better (laughs) (laughs) well my point being is that even before social media and all that is people were taking something and using it to stoke people's fear their Mm -hmm. shame their guilt their insecurity to get a, a product. It a is so good, somehow. though, Fishbeck, that we've evolved past <laughs> that, and nobody uses yes. fear, guilt, yeah. and panic to rile to rile up. people up to do anything. We're such a calm, even keeled, mm-hmm. well put together people. Well, I'm sorry. We're now we're way off. We're so way off. But those are the same kind of. Thank people you, Joni. You started this. I'm sorry. No, it was Fishbeck. You fault. said pagan, and I thought of this preacher, oh, and it's just sorry. downhill from there. But those were the same kind of people that came up with the true love weights and put that so heavily that it, it sometimes had some negative results and so I I think anything can be taken to that extreme so mm-hmm. I think we have to be careful at Christmas why are we celebrating and um, keeping our focus on right yeah, the right. right things well that, again I go back to where we were last week. I think Advent really helps with that mm-hmm. to me just my experiences Advent drags it out in such a way that you're emotionally prepared for it when mm-hmm. it comes <sighs> so, but you have to actually show up. I've got to calm down. I've got to. <laughs> I need to. 
See, I brought something to the podcast today. Look at that. This is the first time for everything. <laughs> what else is in that pile of stained papers you well, had that can get us all worked let's up? Let's see. What's another good one? About five minutes before we started showtime, Fishbeck spilled all his coffee. I was so proud of myself. I actually brought fodder today for uh, the podcast, and then but I what spilled about coffee, coffee all over it. All right, here's She one. didn't come because she's not the prodigal child mom. Abbreviating Christmas. <laughs> yoga. As Xmas is sacrilegious. Oh, and see, that's not. That's it. on my list. Yay. You want the answer? Yeah. yeah, I just threw it out there. So I've had um, that brought at me for years, and uh, it sounds so super spiritual. You're trying to get rid of Jesus from Christmas, when actually the truth is that's not an X. It's a chi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the first letter in the word Christos, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christos. Uh, and so it's actually a good abbreviation. I use it all the time for Jesus, the Chi. I also use a Theta to abbreviate God for Theos. So it's it doesn't work as well for the Holy Spirit because, you know, two words. <laughs> but uh, uh, P-N maybe, but it's not quite the same. But, but that just goes back to people that want to argue and cause all these, you know, loud, com- you know, the louder the better commotions. Um, they don't actually research or they don't know, like Daryl was talking about, they don't even know what they're talking about to get everybody in this uproar about things. Well, and that's just a prime example of the Xmas, Uproar sells. It, yeah. it gains attention. Exactly right. The social media algorithms pick up on it. And I think there are people who intentionally stir people up. Sure. Not even believing what they're saying, but just because it will draw attention to their mm-hmm. their social media account, their TV show, their mm-hmm. talk show, you know, whatever. And we yeah. like sharks with blood in the uh, water. Yeah, I mean, and like the happy holidays and season's greetings, and you know, who cares? At the at the end of the day, is it that big of a deal? You I know, th- <laughs> I thought season's greetings was about garlic and rosemary <laughs> and thyme and. Um, all those well, what, the, what, what happens? Other. You only use cloves this time Sorry. of year, right? You never use the cloves. I had the same little package of cloves for like a decade because you only use them. You know, you buy the That's, yeah. <laughs> at Costco. Yeah. You buy the giant. So the cloves save to the because no, you're gonna egg. use all that. Greetings, I will. Egg. I will. <laughs> I haven't seen you since last Christmas, nutmeg. Me neither. It's really dark in that cabinet. <laughs> I think he. I saw his will. He's he's gonna get, leave me to, to to his first daughter. He's leaving me to his youngest daughter because he'll have us forever. You know. <laughs> oh, this com- Oh man. <laughs> well, and the, but on the topic of happy holidays <laughs> and stuff Great like meme. that, um, you got me riled up now. It's like <laughs> happy seasons. holidays. Happy holidays. There's nothing wrong with that. Seasons greetings. There's nothing wrong with that. Merry Christmas. All right. But what happened is somebody somewhere decided, let's make people think or believe that people who say mer- uh, say happy holidays are trying to eliminate Merry Christmas. And, and they put this conspiracy behind it. And maybe someone doesn't want to say Merry Christmas because of religious re- reasons, but they make people believe that there's this group of people out there who are actively trying to take yeah. away Merry Do Christmas away yeah. and so then you get a bunch of people that react to that and so they forcefully are in, telling the people checking them out Merry Christmas <laughs> and things like that because they're thank, not gonna you know. thank you <laughs> so the, the I think I think part of the part of the issue <laughs> is 
people want to prove they're more spiritual than somebody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not nearly as worried about taking. Yeah, know, if you love Jesus, you'll say Merry Christmas. Keep, keeping Christ in Christmas is not as important to me as keeping Christ in Christmas. That's what I mean. And if we're supposed to be Christ followers and we're supposed to have the fruit, show that, you know, demonstrate the fruit of the spirit and the peace and the gentle, all these things, then is that really what we're going to get upset about? No. You know? <laughs> but, the, but the myth is that someone's out yeah. there trying to get rid of Jesus sure. from Christmas altogether. When you about like a Merry Christmas thing, I'll be honest with you. If you're not a Christian, you're not a Christ follower, I'd prefer if you didn't say Merry Christmas. Because it means something to me as a Christ follower, mm-hmm. the Christmas holiday. Yeah, but you're not going to go out and bash people that are saying it that aren't Christ followers. I Th- think that's the difference. It's like w- when Happy Hanukkah comes out of my mouth, that doesn't <laughs> even sound right. Right. I'm not Jewish. Now, I'm not yeah. against people. If you are Jewish and you are having Hanukkah, I do wish you to have a good one. But it's not on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not celebrating Hanukkah. But you're also not trying to take away Happy Hanukkah yeah. because you're not saying it. Right. Taking the Hana out of Hanukkah. That's what I mean. We're not causing. How would you even do that? <laughs> taking the it's just Hana. Taking the K out of Hanukkah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it works. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. But I think I'm really Christians need to be not for people, not against. You're one lamp short of a menorah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Did you just call me one lamb short of a menorah? Thanks. That's, that's my newest thing. I think that's like one fry short of a happy meal, one lamb short of a menorah. Not as sharp as a bowling ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so before we move, move too far down the line, um, we have done almost nothing to help you with your pitfalls or landmines. <laughs> but we've, we've had a really about potential good ones, which is. Well, the first one is the prodigal child. Don't do bad <laughs> hermeneutics with the Bible. I think next Ever. and don't listen to people who do. <laughs> you, in fact, you would do better just not watching any pastor on YouTube or television. Just don't. go to church. Go to a real church with living human beings in the flesh. He may not be polished. She may not be smooth, but they're real people who have to deal with the folks who they're talking to. Anyway, just don't go to this guy's church. Don't go to, no, that's not a real church. Oh, yeah, I don't call it church. Well, um, okay. It's it was a, a building with people dressed up in it, <laughs> and he was standing behind church. a podium. <laughs> it's a temple of Satan, I tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, so these, uh, I was thinking about, let's do some f- fun stuff on this, because uh, we haven't had enough fun yet. I was thinking about myths and legends. What is your favorite non-Santa? Santa's kind of in his own stratosphere. What does that have to do with myth? Myth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get to that in a few. I got, that's on my notes too. Uh, your favorite non-Santa character? I got four of them. I listed here: Frosty the Snowman. You like, you like Frosty? You Rudolph. Clark, like Rudolph. Clark Griswold. Rudolph is number three. Clark Griswold. <laughs> Snoopy. <laughs> that doesn't make the list. I like Charlie Brown what? too. This Charlie Brown. But see, when I think of a Charlie Brown Christmas story, and I, I think of Linus. Linus yeah. is a preacher, right? Yeah. He stands up there with his little woobie and he recites the Christmas narrative straight from the Gospel of Luke, I right? Love Linus. But uh, Charlie Brown's the one that goes and picks the most pitiful Christmas tree in the whole Christmas farm. But, but that says something. Mm, yeah. That speaks to your Maybe heart. Maybe it does. Right there. <laughs> there should be scripture <laughs> about that. I know, right? There might be. Little lonely tree. Little lonely tree. I got Jack Frost. Yeah. And Scrooge. Scrooge. Grinch. What about the Grinch? Uh, He's kind of like Scrooge. Do you like him better than Scrooge or Jack Frost? 
probably. I'm going to no. say yes. How I about the boy in the Christmas story? Uh, that's uh, that's movies. We're not talking about movies. Characters that stand alone. Because we're going to have a whole Drummer boy? Does he count? That's music. Bum, 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 bum. He only comes from music. Okay, if we're just talking about characters, I'm going with... Uh, I've lost the context. I'm then. going with Rudolph. Rudolph, he's your favorite? And I have a fun fact about that later. How about Susie Snowflake? Guess who the Susie Ooh. Snowflake is? Yeah. Abominable oh, that, was, that was a favorite of the girls growing up, and then when we moved here, no one knew who Susie Snowflake Susie. was. Um, we have the VHSs. We do? Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. I think my VCR is broken, though. You can have fun with all of those. I have a VCR that works, (laughs) and a closet full of VHS tapes. Uh, We all agree with the negative, positive, fun stuff, but the negative things. So Santa is the big negative guy in the room, right? If you're a Christ follower, you will have mixed emotions about him. You may love certain aspects of it, but there's, there's mixed emotions about him and his role. I want the four of us here... To outline, what is the basic Santa myth? And I, uh, by myth, I mean story. Which, you know, when we put this thing out, make sure Kelly has a disclaimer. Don't listen to this with your children around if you, you know. Cause Talk about the guy in the red suit. The I said that before in one of the podcasts. I know. Too. That yeah, was, was kind of, we're really hammered we're down here. Poor Santa. So He's what's the be hammered. What's the Santa myth? What's the origin? What? what what, what does he Origin do? Origin or the myth? The, the myth. The myth. So what, what does he do? Leaves gifts. He lives in the North Pole. Which, why the North Pole? I do not know. Because it's cold. The, the South Pole would be actually, I think, more conducive to secret clandestine May, operations. Maybe North is feels more positive, like heaven and hell. One is uh, up and oh, one's down. Oh, I like I'm that. I'm just spitballing here. Just spitballing I think North Pole just sounds Also, better. the North Pole is, is it an American origin story? It's closer to North America. I think. And we're very, I think, us. I think that the, the, the Santa myth is a hodgepodge of various different mm-hmm. tales that have been woven into one. Yeah. You've got Kris Kringle in this. You've got Saint Father Nick. Christmas in there. You have St. Nicholas mm-hmm. in there. You have like the, the there's like. Norwegian things I mm-hmm. cannot pronounce, mm-hmm. which I think Santa Claus comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all sorts of stuff going on. But yeah, he lives in the North Pole. Does he live alone? No. Mm-mm. Who does he live with? Well, Mrs. Claus is there. And the elves. And his reindeer. And his reindeer. Is he an elf? No. No. Why would he be an elf? The The poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, calls him an elf. Mm-hmm. A jolly old elf. Well, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the case, Landmine. but then that's not how he's portrayed. He's not now. portrayed as an elf. His yeah, elves now. are short and little. No. And They're short and little. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what do they do? They make all the toys. They make all the toys. For the whole world. For the whole world. Mm-hmm. Where at? Santa's, Santa's workshop. workshop. Santa's mm-hmm. workshop. So let's paint the picture so far. We got a Slave Mr. Claus. A Mr. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you know you're not you're not wrong. What'd she say? They're like the rejects from the family. Now they're slave workers. Yeah, they're slave workers. <laughs> yeah. So, so <laughs> Santa and his wife are the plantation owners, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they have the little elves that do all the work mm-hmm. in the North Pole, building all. Because Santa don't make a thing, right? He just gets he makes larger the list. and larger. He's making the list and checking it twice. 
He's making a he's list. He's got a job. He's watching everybody, making sure everybody does what they're supposed okay, to do. Okay, so is this part of the Santa myth, too? He's in the North Pole, but he still somehow knows what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Which is sounds a lot like Holy Spirit, and I don't like it. Is Santa omnipotent or omniscient? Mm. I would say omniscient, according to this. Yeah. But is he, so he just knows... No. I think he can see. I think he's, he's, he says think he can spoke. see you. Yeah. All powerful. If he can see you, then he's present. Yeah. He just doesn't know. Because I could tell you something and then you know. See, if wow. he knows, maybe he has agents around mm-hmm. the world. This is, this is one of the views on how God is omniscient, mm-hmm. that, that he has angels all over the world, and they're keeping notes and they're reporting to God on what's going on, so he knows. But then you debunk that with God's omnipresence. He's everywhere. So is does does Santa have those two attributes of God, omnipresent and omniscient? Well, I think in the myth he does. I think the way it's told is All right. that's the whole yeah. point is because you've got to he's got to be bigger than life. So so we've just for the record, we're not saying that we believe Santa right. is omniscient and omnipotent. Yeah. But the myth mm-hmm. gives him those attributes. Well, because as a parent, you know, that's what you tell your kids. Santa's watching you. Santa can see you. You better not do that. And you if know. he does, then he'll put you on the naughty list, and you, you will cold. not get the kind of, well, and stocking. somewhere in there you got the invention of Elf on a Shelf. And so yeah. now we have his own little reconnaissance mm-hmm. elves living Watching. with us for 30 days. If not I, me. I, if I were a visible. child. That's something they can see, you know. And if, it moves. If I were a child. <laughs> in a home where I believed in the Santa Claus and there was an elf on the shelf, I guarantee you we'd wake up one morning and his eyes would be gouged out <laughs> and he Hang would dangling be from the ceiling. He would be <laughs> like a noose around his neck hanging from her after because I'd be like, we've got to get rid of the narc. Yeah. This the is the only first. thing I liked about Elf on a Shelf is when people started posting pictures of yeah. doing things yeah. like that. I guarantee you he'd come to some terrible demise and it wouldn't even it wouldn't take long at all. <laughs> But if you touch him, then he loses all of his magic, and then, like, you're in way big trouble. Yeah, yeah. So there's I'll a take scare. my chances. There's a fear. Fear. With fear. I'll take my chances. There you are. You're back to that fear. Uh-huh. I'll take my chances with Santa coming to his conclusions about what happened, rather than knowing for certain what happened from the narc. <laughs> right. That's just the way it works. Um, <laughs> snitches dead, get stitches. Dead, dead stitches. <laughs> Don't. Tell tales or something. Uh, be careful there, buddy. It's a family program. <laughs> Except your kids shouldn't be listening today. <laughs> do, do, do we really think kids are listening to us? <laughs> do we think anybody's listening to us? Joe has five of them, so there's a good oh, chance. Okay. okay. Uh, so you get the, the so Santa. Let's, let's, what are the other attributes of God that we attribute to Santa? Gifts. He gives gifts? Ooh. I didn't think about that one. I was thinking more of charitable. Yeah. Love. Love. I was going to say Santa loves you. We think of Santa as love. One of the things that bothered me most about that movie, The Polar Express, is the religious language they ascribe to Santa. It was creepy. That creeped me out more than the CGI. That was dead Tom Hanks' dead eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was really... You just have to believe Mm -hmm. uh, for that. So... Uh, Fishbeck tells me we're coming up a half hour here. I may just as well say it. I'm trying to do sign language to be <laughs> subtle so we can okay. fade it down. We're at 30 minutes. We're probably going to take a break here in a minute. <laughs> well, let's finish out the, the basic the basic Santa myth, right? So 
Ma and Pa, plantation owner, slaves working in the workshop, making all the toys for the world. He's omniscient, omnipotent, or somehow he knows what's going on. He delivers all the toys. In one night? In Come one on. night. Milk and cookies. Oh. You have to leave milk and cookies out for him, so he's got to have yeah. time to deliver and to eat them. So your faith is transactional? Mm-hmm. Ooh. You took my yeah, word. You got to work Sorry. at it. Faith is transactional. Yeah, you got to give him something. But, but, but he, does it, and, and he does it all by himself, though. Mm-hmm. It's him and Rudolph. the sleigh and the reindeer. Right. The Why reindeer. does it Mrs. Claus go? Oh, yeah, because she's at yoga. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Very well there played. Very well played. All all night long, he fit, shoves himself he, through the chimney. He comes down the <laughs> chimney. That's a that's a very important part of the Santa myth. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come in the door, he doesn't come through a window, but it is breaking and entering. He <laughs> yeah. comes into the house through the chimney. Um, According to the Santa Claus movie, houses that don't have chimneys, they're magically w- yeah. one appears, so he can go down through those. Which wouldn't it be easier just to magically go inside the house? (laughs) Uh, If you can magically do things, why would that's like a layer of complication that you really don't need? Got to keep the kids guessing, you know, because they're trying to figure it all out. I can get in, but I'm gonna do it the hard way. Um, so well, it talks about the kids being snuggled down, you know, in the whatever it says in the storyline, and so does Santa like go check on them and. Watch them sleeping, and doesn't it say that? Creepy. Creeper. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that that makes the song right. It's the creepiest song ever. Yeah. Yes. He knows when, when you're, you're sleeping. sleeping. He, he knows, knows when, when you're, you're awake. awake. You know, yeah. Santa's just watching you. He's and see, I I may talk about a lamb on here. I equate that with the oh, be careful, little hands where you used to go, and all of that stuff. That song that we sing in churches. Oh, the father up the above is yeah. looking down with precious love. Oh, be careful, little feet where you go. Yeah. Mm. What's the whole point of that? <laughs> kids looking over their shoulder. It's to scare them. You turn God in again into a narc. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's so. So why do they have to be asleep when he shows up? Is he does he lose his efficacy mm-hmm. to do magic when they're present if they see him, or does he say now you're on the naughty list because you mm-hmm. kid gets up to go potty, happens to run into Santa. Tough luck, kid. Sorry, you saw me. You saw me. Your presents are gone. You're you have to die now. That's it. <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's one of those. Give me that truck back. You can't have any witnesses. But at the mall, for pictures, you can they can they he can see you awake there. So how, what's the explanation for all the Santas in the mall? They're helpers. No, but no, hold on. Nobody goes to the mall anymore. Okay. I Where's was there, Santa? I was there on Saturday, and he's already out. You he go to the mall? He was also at Cabela's mm-hmm. in see, Cedar I, Park. Cedar Park? Hmm. I didn't know anyone went to the mall. Is it, well, did, we had to find a J.C. Penney's first. Is there still an Orange Julius in the mall? No. Then it's not a mall. Well, there was a cook, Cinnabon a cookie shop. A cookie was a and Cinnabon. Annie Ann's pretzels. Annie Ann's pretzels. That that actually that is there. It. Is there um, a Sbarro? I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, you do the S B A R R O pizza place. Every mall has a Sparrow pizza place. Ah, there was a pizza place, but I don't remember the name of it. Mm, okay. And the they need to work on their court. marketing. So, how, what's the explanation for all the other Santas in the world we see in the parades? I feel like I've heard it, and I can't think Secret of Secret Agents. Yeah, like they're helpers. Those are, those are the ones. They're helpers. They're not the real Santa. Yeah. Those are the helper ones. Okay. But he yeah. re- they report. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like as a parent, you just make stuff up as you go. Absolutely. And that's the problem with Santa. You do Lying make stuff to up your as you children. Go. So, 
that's if I missed any part, have, have we missed any part? You're looking up. I see you from your microphone. What do you see? Nothing. Three stockings hung by the ch- on the chimney. With care. I also it think hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. It creates a level of trust with him that shouldn't be there. Like, all the other days of the year, you're telling your kids not to tr- – like, if it's a trusted adult, we'll talk to him. But all the other days of the year, you're telling your kids not to – talk to strangers or sit in their laps and then <laughs> here you are hey, or take candy from go, go take candy from the old man and sit in his lap and let me tell this you this is an approved stranger yeah mm-hmm. this is approved when i was a teenager i thought it'd be fun to go sit in santa's lap and he was super creepy <laughs> like he was super creepy so now i don't like him bad yeah, santa. Bad, uh, he was I'm a bad santa it was just it you know like there was no background check for santa <laughs> There should be. There should be. Can Can Santa pass a bra- background check? I don't know. I don't know. I know some pretty Probably good. Probably not. Depends well, which one. I have played Santa a couple times, and I'm pretty shady guy <laughs> right doing that. Uh, so we we've got about ten percent to my show prep. Um, we're Kelly's gonna give us a break, and then we'll come back on the other side and keep keep picking away at this thing, just picking away at it. So uh, if you enjoy, uh, come back on the back side. If not. There's another podcast you can listen to behind this one. (laughs) You are listening to Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church located in Marble Falls. We would love for you to join us for worship. Visit our website for worship times at fmf.life. Do you have questions or suggestions on future topics for Under the Water Tower? We would love to hear them. Send us an email to office at fmf.life. If you like what you hear and would like to support this ministry, visit fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. Just a reminder to subscribe to Under the Water Tower on Apple Podcast and Spotify. That way you'll never miss an episode. Help us to spread the word about our podcast by talking about it and sharing it on your social media. Thanks again for joining us. On behalf of Under the Water Tower, I'm Kelly Trapane. <laughs>